0: You are listening to The Artist Maker, a movement to sustain and strengthen creative producers. Too often, talented artists struggle to make a living because they haven't been trained in how to run a business. We explore the business side of art by interviewing professional artists to discover how they develop and operate their enterprises. Each guest shares strategies they have learned through success and sometimes failure in making art their business. The Artist Maker is hosted by Scott Burkholder, owner of the Burkholder Agency, where Scott helps creatives and entrepreneurs build relationships and legacies through artistic production and appreciation.
1: Today, we look forward to chatting with Tracy Gold. Tracy is a writer based in Baltimore, Maryland. In 2019, she signed with an agent and sold two children's books while providing copy editing services for the creative work of others. We're going to dig into how she landed her agent and some of the expectations that have defined their relationship. We're going to start with some rapid-fire questions. What work of art has most moved you?
2: I really love the movie... Life is Beautiful. I did a project on it in college and came out into my dorm hallway, like, sobbing. And everybody was like, oh, my God, are you OK? And I was like, I was just watching a movie.
1: Next question. Who are three people on your wall of fame?
2: J.K. Rowling, Suzanne Collins. I really love The Hunger Games, too. And I'm going to add a new one on there. Linda Sue Park is a, a middle grade and picture book author.
1: I love the uh, nod to the authors, and particularly in a specific genre, it sounds like. I'm wondering if you added, I'm going to make you add a fourth Mm -hmm. that's not an author potentially Mm -hmm. that would also be on your wall of fame.
2: Let's see. Can I say like Beyonce?
1: That's awesome. (laughs) Yes.
2: You know, she's awesome.
1: Our next rapid question What is your best moment as a writer?
2: One of the most exciting moments for me was the first time I ever finished the draft of a novel. I don't think that's a feeling you really get to have more than once.
1: Next question. Mm -hmm. What is the most recent conversation that sticks with you?
2: Just to pick something art related. I was talking to an author friend about her villains motivations and we were deciding whether the village should have evil motivations or pure motivations that he goes around achieving in the wrong way. That was a really interesting conversation about humanity and character.
1: Our next quick question, rapid fire here, beach or mountain?
2: Beach. Ice cream shop at the beach, ideally. <laughs>
1: I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That that leads us into our next quick question. Gummy or chocolate? Chocolate. So our our last rapid fire question, where will you be living in 10 years?
2: I would say my house because I have spent a lot of time on my plants and I don't want to leave them. But my husband might differ from me on that. So we'd have to ask him.
1: I want to switch gears a little bit with uh, our remaining time. And talk a little little bit about the support staff, we'll call it, that you have. And I think in the last year, you have landed an agent. And mm-hmm. I just want you to share that process, that experience. You know, how did you find your agent?
2: So I did an unpaid internship for her for a year. And I got to know her, obviously, really well through all of that, even though it was all remote. And we we just kept in touch. Actually, it was a weird story. It's not a normal story of how people normally get a literary agent because what I did is I wrote a picture book and I said, Hey, I think this is pretty good. I'm just going to send it to a couple small presses just for uh, shits and giggles. I was like, well, this is definitely going to get rejected. I'm going to send this picture book out. And a small press actually wanted the book, which was really surprising and really exciting. And they are the ones for publishing it. It's everyone sleepy about the baby. I had also queried a bunch of agents after I got that book deal. And I just touched base with my current agent. Her name is Carrie Pistrito. I said, Hey, I I sold a book. I've got all these other books. Do you have anybody to refer me to? Because at the time she wasn't really doing a lot of picture books. She doesn't have a, a ton of picture book clients. And she said, actually, Tracy, I love this book. I would love to represent you. And I was like, okay, game on. So, that is not how it normally happens, but it's how it happened for me because I worked for her. You know, I know all the pros, I know all the cons, um, I know her style. It's been a really good relationship so far.
1: I struggled to think that there is a traditional story to these things. I imagine as we dig deeper into conversations with with other artists and creatives, and we hear the, the trajectory, there might be something that oftentimes is common and overlaps. But I like, again, that you think your story is weird. Have you seen traditional methods work?
2: You know, when I worked for her, I did. I went through her hundreds and thousands of queries, and she did sign some people, and those people have sold books. So the traditional way absolutely does work.
1: Seeing that both weird and traditional works What tips might you have for someone trying to get an agent?
2: Number one, don't give up. For me, the yes came when I totally switched formats of what I was writing, which was picture books. But my agent also does represent me for novels. And I'm working on a revision of a novel that she's revising right now. So one, don't give up. Two, switch things up. Write another book. Try another genre. Try another format. Three, try to network and put yourself out there when you can. There are a lot of virtual ways to get to know people. You can go on Twitter. The literary world is really active on Twitter. So yeah, get to know people. Be nice to people. Be nice to other writers. I have found that even really established writers have all been in the position of getting rejections. And there are just some of the nicest people out there who will call you on the phone Sometimes they've met you once and give you tips about something. I mean, they're just like, there's so many wonderful people in this world of writing and publishing because everybody gets rejected and has been hurt by this. So we want to make each other, we want to help each other out.
1: Where is the line in trying to approach someone in the community?
2: Gosh, I mean, there's so many horror stories of. Literary agents at conferences and someone will, like, slide them a manuscript under the bathroom door. Writers showing up in the hallway at an agent's apartment building. Like, I'm not making these up. Like, these are real things that have happened. Go outside the box and meet people, but don't be a creepy stalker. Like, think of these people as people not just conduits to get your book published. I mean if you become a part of the community, your work is going to get better because you're going to be reading other people's work. You're going to have them be reading your work and uh, you're going to stand out more, even if you are still in that line.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about the structure of your relationship with your agent? What are your expectations for the agent?
2: On the very basic level that I will send her books, picture books and novels. She's agreed to work with me on all of those. That it's not the case with every agent. She will tell me what she thinks of them. She'll tell me if she thinks it's worth revising or she thinks there's not a place in the market. She is not effusively editorial. Once we both agree that we feel like the book is really strong, she sends it to editors and she manages all of the negotiations over the sale of the book, she will kind of step in and be the impartial negotiator about any difficulties that come up in the publishing process. For the second picture book I sold, she talked with an editor and said, hey, this editor wants Halloween books. Do you have anything? So I wrote a Halloween book and the first editor said, no, that's not what we're looking for. But she shopped it around to another editor and sold it to them. There's also the more collaborative part, which is coming up with ideas, helping me figure out, okay, if I write picture books, but I also want to write, I don't know, a romance novel one day. Will I do a pen name? So it's just really someone who's watching out for my career because whatever money I make, (laughs) they're making money, too. Uh, But also in this case, you know, we're friends. We've worked together for many years now on and off. So we want to help each other succeed.
1: On the other side of that, what do you think Or what are the defined expectations for you as the writer?
2: Yeah, I would say that's a lot looser. But, you know, if I'm not writing, she's not making money, but she's also not doing any work. I've got pretty much three books in the pipeline. So I have a book deal for one book with one publisher and a two book deal with another publisher. I can't really sell another picture book right now until those come out and we see how they do. And we see if we want to work with those publishers again, which I really hope that we do. I hope it goes well. We're kind of on pause. Yeah. There's no real like, look, you as an author have an obligation to send me X amount of books per year.
1: What does your contract look like with her? Like, are there are these expectations defined there? Are these just conversations that you've had? Like, how have you defined your relationship for each other?
2: The contract is really simple. The contract definitely does not have anything to saying, hey, you writer, you have to produce this much amount of writing or we're dropping you. I've never heard of that being in a, in a literary agency contract, though. Who knows? It may exist. That does exist in contracts with publishers, You know, if you have a multi-book deal. But she's not obligated to submit everything I send her. Basically, the contract just says that if she submits books for me, she gets her her cut. She sells the book. She gets her cut. It it outlines what happens if we want to terminate the relationship. My contract, I don't want to get this wrong... Basically, if she has heavily worked on a book with me, either editorially or sent it out, she does get a cut. Some agents will say, if we edit it and we send it out and it doesn't sell and you decide to leave us and a different agent sells the book, we don't get a cut. And some agencies say we do still get a cut. And that's a bit of controversy. What's also happening now is that sometimes authors will have books that get rejected by traditional publishers and they self-publish. So then the agent has maybe spent hours and hours working on the book with the author and then the author is making money in the book and the agent's not getting any. So it's really, it's complicated.
1: There's a lot of ground to talk about that relationship, and it's something that is not always well understood, whether it's that yeah. introduction, how do you find an agent to right. how do you work with one and how do you define the relationship as you're working with one? And so I appreciate the the detail and insight that you provide us. What's on the horizon for you? When do the books come out and you know anything else that uh, an audience, a captive audience listening to a podcast... <laughs> might, might want to know that is in the works for you.
2: My book's going to be called Trick or Treat, Bugs to Eat, unless we decide to change the title, about a bat going trick or treating. It'll be out probably in, right in time for Halloween 2021. And my other book with Familius, which is a great independent publisher in California, um, is called Everyone's Sleepy with the Baby, and it's going to be a board book. Hopefully two books coming out in 2021 and you can get updates on my email newsletter, which you can sign up for on Tracy Um And I do giveaways there of both adult and children's books.
1: You're carving a good path. That's
2: yeah. both your own and
1: uh, seems very sensical to the world of publishing and books,
2: which is a very nonsensical world. It's weird. It's a weird world. <laughs>
1: All business paths are weird if we stop and analyze them, how they all work out. So
2: yeah, absolutely.
1: Thank you, Tracy, for joining us on the artist maker today. When I reflect on where our conversation went with Tracy, I'm reminded of how the artistic career path is tough. It's rarely straightforward and it's definitely not obvious. We want to believe that there is a how to guide that holds the keys to the industry that if we submit our work to the right people enough times, the door will open. However, it's when we take a risk, when we find that door on the side that we have passed a million times, and we knock. That's where the stars seem to align. We get the yes, and we find the support that we need to advance our business to the next level. Tracy's story is, to me, normal, precisely because it was weirdly unique to her. What door do you pass every day thinking, should I knock?
0: Thank you for listening to The Artist Maker, a movement to sustain and strengthen creative producers. This production has been brought to you by the Burkholder Agency, recorded by All Ears Studio, and produced by Loud Communications. Don't be a stranger. Come find us at theartistmaker.com.